we, we were talking about all this uh, purchasing hardware and stuff, right? And those were really costly in the past. And right now it's charging you by utilization. Yeah. Right. It's, it's about how many um, minutes or hours of uh, yeah. computing resources you have used. Right. And, and, and of course, there are surprises. And now back to um, Amazon, right? Your real painful bills in, uh, in Amazon comes from when you start to transfer data out. And that's mm. creates a mode, by the way. That's yeah. the really perfect mode they have, right? So um, Amazon, most, most of the Amazon margin. So you can read this um, hit piece. <laughs> you can read this hit piece a month ago written by the Cloudflare CEO. Ah. Yeah. Um, he was criticizing uh, how Amazon charges on our network um, when things transferred out. And because they, they have this thing called a bandwidth alliance, um, Microsoft, Google, um, Alibaba, they're all in the same alliance. So they do have like friendly charging when you're transferring between some of these networks. But Amazon is not part of it. Um, yeah, it's actually a mode. Yeah, and then that, that, <laughs> that makes, makes investors to be like, oh shit, I gotta stick with this. But who knows, right? Uh, if Amazon yeah. decides to join, then, then they will have a reduction in the revenue. Before we begin the podcast, have you gotten your free ebook? It's called the Build a Six-Figure Portfolio Guidebook. Now, inside it, we share with you the tips and tricks to bring your stock investing skills to the next level. The best part, it's only 10 pages long and it's totally free. Whether you're on Spotify or YouTube, the link to download is in the description or you can go to www firl.co slash f-r-e-e or www.firl.co slash free welcome welcome back everybody to the fire podcast best place for long-term stock investors now um we're gonna have a slightly different kind of podcast today john uh it's not that much different but there's gonna be a little bit more focus right yeah and that is uh we are going to deep dive into the cloud industry and it's a it's actually a prototype of something that we want to start soon right which is a more industry primer focused kind of uh, podcast correct so you know uh, our guest today is the first the very very first of its kind and you know he, he doesn't you know before the podcast he insisted that we not call him a cloud expert which only means that he is a cloud expert right <laughs> no so <way. laughs> so uh you know uh, welcome, uh, YC. Hey, hey there. Hey, guys. I'm YC. Some people call me Yun Chi. Okay. Some people, but most people? Most people call me YC. Okay, um, most people call you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I work in tech, um, both uh, an engineering, software engineering person at the same time uh, in an IT role as well. Right. Okay, great. So, you know, I sometimes I like to introduce the guests, I, and I, but this round, I, I want you to introduce yourself, right? And, but not you know, what's on your LinkedIn or anything, but more, you know, how this is an investing channel. So I want to find out more about what you were like when you were young, right? Well, how do you see money when you were a lot younger? And then how do you end up doing what you do now and also investing? That's a good one. Um, um, surprisingly, right? I, I actually started stock investing when I was... Um, 17 years old okay. and, and um, that came from my unbound money. 
I think it was like $900 or something. And then um, I asked my mother to put it into, I can't remember the name of the company, but it sounds something like Intan or whatever. Um, but eventually I make double. Um, nice. Why did I put it into that company? Um, my, my high school friends, we just got together, like Form 5, I think. And, and, and they, there were small groups who like to look at stocks every day, right? So it just went random. Anyway, um, a few years later, I took that money out. I bought my first smartphone. So it's gone. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, 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 so I grew up in a, in a, in a, I, I would say, um, um, financially, uh, we had a lot to work on, um, because my, my father is a religious man and there was, um, his, uh, um, um, job as well. So we don't really make, uh, we didn't really make a lot. Um, um, but I started working, uh, in software since 15 years old, uh, just doing, um, um, building websites for people. Um, I'm, pretty old right now not super young but not super old either um i grew up in the dot-com uh, era right oh. so 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 that's when i started building websites and uh, that's how i got into it and software and uh and um um i think i i started my investing journey quite early uh, i mean uh, the high school one that i just talked about um wasn't a serious one right um, but as I started my first um, first job in the in the uh, a postgraduate sorry a post a uh, post uni first job, um, one of the first thing I did was to talk to my uh, a banker and um, she managed to get me to start buying a unit trust. Mm. So, so 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 that's my first step, right? And and I actually sold it at a bad time, and I, because I I think I had no knowledge to decide uh, um, um, when to sell either. Um, I only got to be more uh, serious in refining my portfolio in the last five years. Right? I see. So, so I probably spent about 15 years or more, right, uh, with a terrible portfolio. And over time, as I moved to Singapore, I started to um, reduce my um, allocations in, in Malaysia and started to uh, uh, rebuild the whole portfolio. It took, took about five years to um, bring everything down to zero uh, oh. uh, in Malaysia. Yeah. Right. So before before that, I, I just want to get a sense also of uh your your path into tech. Right. You grew up in the dot-com era. And how how was that look like, you know, getting into tech and all that? You know, um I thought about this this question um earlier as well, you know. Um 10, 10 15, 20 years ago when we talk about building software. Um, there's no such thing as, well, but there's such thing, all right? There was such thing, but probably not, not as common. Um, there was a such thing as product management, right? Mm. It's just a bunch of a software geeks get together, uh, build a solution, and let's test and see whether it works, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, but these days, when it comes to building software, I think um, um, it's beyond just software dudes getting together. Right, and and, and, I, and I, that's how I see how um, um, dot com level uh, um, software creation compared with today, right? Like most businesses have to become a digital business, mm, and, and 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 that's also um, um, makes a, a um, um, SaaS become very interesting because mm. at the end of the day, SaaS is not really a business model; it's a delivery model, mm. right? And if you're a company that delivers value, there are some stuff that you need to outsource, right? And SaaS provides you that. Right. So, so like, was it difficult, like, 
having a career in tech. I, I don't assume too many, but, you know, I hear stories that, you know, tech guys work really hard. And was it difficult to do, to build tech and uh, invest at the same time? And I, if I'm not mistaken, also the last time we chat, you said that you also founded a company, right? Which eventually oh, yeah. you sold it as well. So maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the last five to 10 years, I am no longer active in writing code, right? Um, I think um, um, the managerial um, re responsibilities you have, right? Uh, over, over time will eat into how much time you could spend in writing code. So my, um, but anyway, um, I, I, I think during college time, um, the, the, the first five years, right, from college to my first job, I think I probably spent uh, way too much time in front of the computer uh, to the extent that I actually developed um, the, uh, the couple of time syndrome, right? Yeah, right. yeah. So, so I actually had to like change to use like, Good keyboards and a good mouse. Yeah. Right. So, so, so definitely, I think had a lot of time to be invested. And um, 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 the great thing about tech is there are just so many online resources available. Right. So you actually spend most of the time in front of the computer, either reading or doing a podcast. Right. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, listening to podcasts. So um, the 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 whole um, software development journey wouldn't be possible or your learning wouldn't be um, so much easier if the community um, do not share, right? Of course. And, and, and that's the greatest thing about tech. Um, I mean, the, 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 the entire internet is all about sharing information. So, so I think as long as people know that um, self-learning is important, right? Because there are tech people who expect companies to pay them to um, go and get certification, right? Mm. Um, that, that, that degree of learning has, has a limit. Right, but but deliberately putting time to uh, go through, uh, I don't know, let's say a uh, uh, one thousand pages of of a uh, user manual, right? It's a a, a programming um re reference book, right? It, it totally will will uh, level you up faster than going through for three days courses. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, do you have any more questions about uh his his path? Because I'm going oh, to the yes. investing right now. Sorry, uh, I I think you asked about my 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 startup um experience yeah, yeah, as well. Right, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. So after my first job, I think I went back to um my high school friends. Right, right. Um, because we actually started um doing web hosting related solutions way back in high school. Mm. Um, so I I did uh, web design, and then I have this friend called Away. Um, right now he's the CEO of Speed Home. If you ah, heard about Speed Home. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, he 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 was a um salesperson in a web hosting company. Yeah. So um we we got together um after my first job um um together with another guy called Waikin, we started a company called uh, a Flexi. Uh, it's a CDN company, content delivery network. Hmm. So if you invest in um infrastructure uh, as a service um company like Akamai, ah. Cloudflare, yeah um Fastly, right? So we we are in the same category. Um I think that was 1917, 1918. I can't remember. Hmm. And sorry, 19, uh, 2007 or 2008. Okay. There was 2007, 2008. Uh, the, the, the term cloud computing probably was coined already, but it wasn't popular yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we, we, we did that for like five years. 
uh, three years and then we were acquired by Onet. Um, I left the company after I've spent um, another two years later. I see. And then uh, now I'm with my current company, Service Rocket, for about eight years plus. Yeah. I see. Right. I see. Um, yeah, I just have one question though. Um, what MG asked from the angle of uh, your investing, I probably would just want to understand what was your mental model when you decided to actually take up tech and IT in your childhood? Was it was it an opportunity given to you by your parents or was it something that you just like yeah. kind of stumbled onto and, and do you feel it actually helps you shape your uh, investment philosophy somewhat, which we'll explore much later. Lah. But did it, what, what, what was the, what made you go into tech? Lah? Yeah, my, so, so, so I mentioned just that my father is a religious person. Um, yeah. So he's actually a pastor. Okay. And um, every week, he would have to work on the church schedule. Ah. And he did that together with um, um, a friend from the church. And that person has a computer. Eventually, he managed to convince my parents to get a computer. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so that's how I uh, happened to have a computer when I was in Form 3, right? And, and I think I was doing pretty well uh, in my high school um, from Form 1 to Form 3 until the computer arrived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then I ended up being, you know, um, the, the, the Chinese parents will always say, uh, 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 stop playing computer, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but in reality, I wasn't playing, I was reading stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's how it started. Oh, and then I I was a heavy ga- a gamer back then as well. I played a lot of uh, um, Final Fantasy and uh, um, Resident Evil. So I started um, reading Walk Truth online. Um, game FAQ, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah, I, I can't remember. Anything those, those to gain an age, right? Yeah, so, so, so I read a lot and I started to build websites. I tried to do a Chinese translation, a translated version of a, a Final Fantasy VII website. So that, that, that's how I picked up um, writing HTML and JavaScripts mm. and then eventually per PHP, then a lot more languages. Yeah. Great. Then, then um, how I really got into the industry because, um, so I mentioned that I, I didn't do well after that in uh, high school, but I got lucky because I was mentoring some people to... Um, um, join some uh, web development competition and they were too young they couldn't use the scholarship so it went to me so <laughs> i managed to get into tailors for free i see <laughs> that's how i yeah that's I how i that's how i uh, okay. um, 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 that's how i did not end up um um uh, not having a not having a degree <laughs> okay okay yes yeah. that's, that's so interesting okay mj back to yeah, you you know that okay so now i think one area of investing that has so many, so much potential. And what we're mainly going to talk about today is cloud. But it's one, it's starting to become like a buzzword, right? Which is when you know that it has hit the mainstream and there's going to be a lot of misconception, right? Like blockchain and uh, IoT, you know, these are buzzwords that, you know, you ask 10 people, they give you 10 different answers. So, you know, being in the industry and having interacted with, you know, a lot of software, SaaS, things like that. What is your best understanding of cloud? How would you explain it to us? Yeah, I, I, I do think um, a lot of these keywords, and at the same time, by the way, I, I don't think I understand uh, IoT or AI good enough. Yeah, um, yeah but, but I do think all these keywords, they do go through their own um, Hype cycle, right? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, um, maybe cloud at the beginning is a is a is, is a hype, 
Um, but at this point, right, cloud has become a reality that um, no yeah. one else can um, truly say they can be totally disconnected without it. Right? If you run a business, it's kind of like, um, let's just say uh, in the past, you did not have to use a telephone at all to run a business because your neighbors could just walk to your shop and buy yeah, stuff from you. That's right. That's right. right? But, but um, when telephone is adopted by everyone, you can't say it. I don't need telephone, right? Mm, so, so similarly, um, the dot-com era, everyone would try to have a um, a presence on the internet, right? But right now, it's not a, having a presence on the internet anymore, but it's to exchange data um, with your partners, right? With your with your uh, providers, your customers, um, allowing them to perform transactions. Like, when's the last time you went to a bank? Well, actually, I did. I just went to the bank today to drop a check. What? What's that? I went to a What's bank a to check? drop a check. Yeah, I was I dropping a check. check. Yeah, okay. I was dropping a check. I mean, some companies still issue checks, right? So, yeah. So, but 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 but, I think that's that's what's really changing in the world, right? I mean, um, probably people who were born in the last fifteen years, um, um, as they grew up, they probably, um, will not be seeing checks anymore. Uh, they, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So 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 I did think um. Um, cloud has arrived at a stage that uh, is is means to conduct business um, to a user like us, right? It is um, 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 a way to uh, reduce um, complexity in managing stuff in our machine. Uh, what do I mean? Um, in the past, we had floppy disks, we have a hard drive to back up stuff, right? Right now, if you pick up an iPhone, you pick up a um, an Android phone, um, somehow they are all connected to either iCloud or Google Drive. Mm. So the concept of backing up stuff maybe to to us is something, but to the younger generation, I think they they wouldn't be imagining that anymore. Um, um, to a business, right? It's it's, it's means to uh, um, conduct business and transactions, right? It also removes uh, uh, what you can't afford to build, right? Mm. If you um, you can have a user. Um, an HR uh, software as a service, right, probably can um, totally replace uh, you having an HR department. So, so, so I think um, 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 it is a um, um, very beautiful way, right, to generate efficiency uh, for the economy and also to our personal life. Right. So I know there's something that you really believe in, which is that cloud is more than just uh, software as a service. So you want to explain what you mean by that? Oh, yes. Um, there is this thing called, um, probably a little bit too technical, so I won't dive there. Um, it's called a, um, um, a cloud-native uh, landscape, right? It, it pretty much draws out um, what constructs the industry. And, and, um, and, and in fact, there are so many other uh, landscapes available. Like if you click into the marketing landscape, you can see um, these are different software companies that offer marketing solutions and um, um, marketing is not um, a very small vertical, right? It's a very broad yeah. thing. Correct. Yeah. So, so similarly, now back to um, computing, right? We we have um, software, mm -hmm. right? And then we have platform, and we have infrastructure, right? And of course, uh, in between this three, there are also other smaller layers, right? But in general, when we talk about cloud, um, we are talking about um, asterisk as a service, right? Whatever yeah. as a service, right? So we talk about software as a service, platform as a service, infrastructure as a service. Or, or if you want to see it um, more simplified, you just can just see it as software and infrastructure, mm. right? So because things like, um, sorry, companies like AWS, sorry, uh, companies like Amazon, right? They offer um, an infrastructure as a service called um, 
um, the Amazon Web Services, AWS. Um, but at the same time, um, what's being offered in AWS also includes some of the platform as service solution, like um, I think AWS Amplify, uh, that allows people to build apps a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I, 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 I'm not sure if it's so technical. I, 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 one thing that caught my ear was you saying that AWS being an infrastructure service enables people to build apps faster. So what does that actually mean? Like, how does that actually happen? Um, in the old days, if you have to, in the old days, yes. <laughs> in the old days, I have to build a website. Um, we will have to contact uh, a web hosting provider, right? And then um, you have to wait for them to reply email. And then probably you will have to tell them what you need, right? And then they will pre-allocate some resources that if your demand, um, if the demand of your website or the business increase, right? It will also take you some time to renegotiate and to adjust um, the capacity to run your business. Um, whether it's a website or, or business or a web app, right? Or mobile app, right? Um, if we continue to use the past model, you will not be able to um, deal with demands uh, elastically. So um, with AWS, um, things like AWS, what they truly change the industry is um, your your um your your you you no longer need the old school hardware right to operate your your digital business but rather um um based on configuration right that could adjust to um, the demand right and it will provide a supply in a very elastic way so and, and everything can happen in real time right yeah. um uh, let me give an example um like uh um when first when AWS first came out, right, they have this concept called uh, e- EC2. Sorry, uh, not concept, but there's a ser- service called EC2, right? And it provides computing resources to you. And um, behind a website, right, uh, you would be processing transactions. And um, let's just say um, um, you are, you are re- reaching certain threshold that you're running out of resources, right? Um, you could um, scale dynamically to add more um, either EC2 servers, right, or to add more containers to, to make sure that your website can still serve, right? And this kind of like, you know, um, 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 I mean, in the past, when you go to Twitter, when there's just too many people fly into Twitter, you will see a fail whale uh, graphic, right? Because they just run out of resources. Um, but nowadays, right, uh, it's very, very seldom you will see this kind of a thing. Yeah, because everyone is trying to uh, use a, um, infrastructure as a service to operate their business. Yeah. Right. Maybe uh, maybe for the benefit of the audience, uh, uh, maybe I ask Yen Chi to take us back through time because I grew <laughs> up in the dot-com area like you. <laughs> uh, 56K modem at that point was uh, considered heaven. Hey, I <laughs> used 33.6. Yeah, 33.6. So. But let's take us, uh, let's take, take a step back and it says, let's just say in the year 2000, if we were to start, someone were to start a digital business and to offer an e-commerce website, what are the things or services that that business will need? And you contrast that with whatever you just said on Amazon or EC2 or someone on the GCP. Maybe for the benefit of the audience, you know, because like, you know what, what you said earlier about thinking about backup, you know, at, at that point, year 2000, 
you have backup after backup, you know, you have the zip drives, you have all these kind of things. And today it's like, it's on the cloud, you know, what, what backup you're talking about is, is redundant. So maybe to contrast that, can you take us back if in the year 2000, if you were to start an e-commerce business and you were to engage in service providers to provide you the same function that a cloud service provider can do to you, what would that, what would that look like actually? Yeah, so I, I think I kind of mentioned that just now you have to contact the um, warehousing provider, right? Do you need physical and service on, on, on site? You, you probably might not need that because um, there's also this concept called a shell, yep. right? And, and um, um, it's pretty much um, offering you a space in their physical server, okay. right? But if, you're, if, the, if the demand of, 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 of the website has increased too fast, right? then this provider will run into issue to um, fulfill, right? And then your website will go down, right? Mm. And in order for them to fulfill, they have to go and buy more hardware or they have um, pre uh, hardware prepared, right? To fulfill. And, and, and even that, right? Your, first have to, uh, your, your website needs to go down first. <laughs> 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 your website needs to go down first, right? Before you can say, hey, I need more server. But I don't think you can operate a business this way anymore today, mm. right? You, you, that's, that's no... Um, 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 website going down and, and, and then call Amazon to fulfill. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but of course, um, if you are not providing enough resources, um, even in the cloud environment, right, you can still run into a, um, a resource exhaustion situation for sure. Yeah. I'm not sure whether that explains and answers your question. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to um, give context to those who are not from the IT background or they, they, they don't see all this uh, infrastructure that goes on behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, and you might take, you know, when, <laughs> when your website went down in the past, right, and you, you call your web, web hosting provider to, to provide you uh, with more um, servers. Let's just say they have run out of servers. Yeah. Um, then you probably need to wait a day or two or three or more. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And today it's like, you know, you just, you just spin up a virtual just server. Pay. And, yeah, you just pay and you spin up and you can go get, get, get going, right? So yeah. that... I, I, I think uh, the reason why I asked that question is so that the audience uh, 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 kind of have an appreciation what has, what has evolved over the years and also what to expect going forward. Yeah, yeah so, so much, right? Like yeah. <laughs> even watching videos these days, you can watch so, uh, such high quality video being streamed, yes. right? And you cast it to the TV, it looks just as high quality as turning on the TV. Precisely, right. Precisely. Back then, when we watch a video, is we have to scale it to a really, really small size to look high quality. <laughs> correct, correct. And 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 what you just said, you know, I mean, if Netflix existed twenty years ago, I don't think if they were to use the same delivery model today, it would have worked for them as well because of the infrastructure there and this exists, the bandwidth there exists, and you yeah. know they would have probably just stuck to mail 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 mailing DVDs. Uh, you know, yeah. so much businesses has been democratized because yeah, of and, this. And, and that's why, right? And that's why we call uh, cloud as a delivery model. It's not really a business model. Think about it, right? Yeah. The, the, um, bringing you the Netflix content using um, the VHS, using the DVD, and then now, today, they're using the internet to do it. Yeah. Right? It's just a change in delivery model. Correct. 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 So, I really want to get into the breakdown of the industry. Some of the big players... Uh, how do you divide it? What are the broad categories? But I want to make a small detour here first because I think it's important. Uh, one thing I hear a lot from investors, especially uh, you know, foreign investors, is that they'll say that, you know, they'll say something like, 
you know, I don't like the old brick and mortar business model. I like the SaaS business model. Now, that's actually something you kind of disagree with in terms, not, not in terms of they prefer SaaS over brick and mortar, but the phrase SaaS is a business model or the SaaS business model. Uh, and correct me I'm wrong, you find issue with that. Yeah, not not intentionally, right? I I I I also think um the generalization is understandable, like like right, why people right. would call it that way, right? Um, but um, what what they are truly looking at is, um, how can we be smarter in um using a subscription based approach, hmm. and also um are we able to uh uh um use uh, uh data to charge the customers um more effectively and efficiently. Mm. Right. And, and I think this is what the internet has enabled, right? And and then deliver truth to the internet and therefore, right, you simplify that as the SaaS model. Right. I mean, right. I understand that bit, yeah. It's a marketing term, right? I think it makes people to understand yeah. the whole thing easier. But you can totally operate delivering DVDs using the SaaS model is that not true of the internet, <laughs> yeah, right? right? You subscribe, right? If, if I am able to read data from you when, when you watch the DVD and such um, right. and, and collect intelligence from there and then adjust pricing accordingly, right? In a more real-time fashion. Or, I mean, yeah, this is really just how data exchange has become so high speed and that enables you to make really fast and smart decisions and Therefore, the SaaS model, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So now we, we break down. So, you know, one thing that I think most of our listeners are familiar with is, you know, the standard manufacturing model of or, or the supply chain, right? So, you, you know, you, let's, for example, oil and gas, right? You take the oil, you refine the oil, you sell the oil, right? Upstream, midstream, downstream. So, our, you know, every business model is similar, right? Um, in that there are stages. And for the cloud computing industry, what are those stages? What, what is that supply chain and how would you divide them? Because I would assume that not every expert or not everyone in the field will have the same framework, but what's yours? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to talk about two things. Um, so number one is, um, I, I mentioned about the landscape just now, right? So the landscape pretty much uh, um, explained the layers that you have. Um, and, and we all know uh, at, at the bottom that supports the industry is the infrastructure. But of course, you can go even deeper. You can talk about the chips. Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. talk about the, the CPUs, the data centers. <laughs> right? Right. So, so we're going to skip that whole, whole piece. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we have the infrastructure layer. Right? And then um, on top of them, they provide uh, 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 ways to build software faster. Right? Let's just call it the platform. And, and then um, within that platform also has a hell of other things, right? like monitoring, um, uh, because you 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 need to be able to track uh, track your user, right? You need to yeah. be able to trace errors, right? And 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 you need to be able to store data, and uh, you need to be able to uh, replicate data fast, right? You need to be able to uh, do analytics on your data, right? So as you start looking into all this um, 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 components that construct the platform uh, uh, operations, right? And then you realize that um, um, there are actually a, a lot of things to do. And and a lot and, and therefore right you can you can you can um have a lot of players there right to fulfill the needs of the market, and then now we have that software layer right um and and then the users, so so that's the layer that I'm seeing, 
Sorry to interrupt this podcast. I know it's a little bit annoying, but I want to tell you something that I think can be really helpful to you. I can tell you're really interested in the stock market and want to learn more about it so that you actually know what you're doing, especially when today things are getting more complex and complicated. That's why we came up with the Stock Investing Blueprint or SIB. It's our signature e-learning program that teaches you how to pick the right stocks most of the time, buy and sell it at the best possible time and manage your stock portfolio systematically. It currently has more than 10 hours of content and it's growing. You'll also be part of a group of like-minded investors that can help speed up your learning process. To hop on the program, click on the link in the description or go to learn.viral.co slash courses slash SIB. No, sorry, let me just summarize okay, because this is uh, new information for me. So I know there's a lot of new information for our listeners as well. So at the right, the bottom of the pyramid, you get the infrastructure, yeah, suppliers. The, the platform, and then the software, and yeah. then finally the users. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I also so, think this is an oversimplification. Always, always, always. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oversimplification yeah. is always the best, you know. <laughs> yeah. Go on, go on. Yeah, then, then, then the second part is um, if you're an investor, how do you choose, right? And I think that's a difficult part. Um, mm. um, yes. It, it's difficult because, um, I mean, just going by uh, uh, Peter Lynch um, um, advice, right? You, you want to buy what you're familiar with. Yes. And yes, you might be an Amazon user um, buying books from them. <laughs> it doesn't mean you <laughs> actually know what does it mean by AWS. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm going to touch on Snowflake a little bit. And, and that's the actually, um, because Snowflake has such um, amazing SaaS metrics, right? So it actually attracted a lot of friends to ask me, hey, should I buy Snowflake, right? And, but the problem is um, not unless you have been a developer or have been in an IT procurement role, right? You probably won't understand um, um, what can Snowflake truly do, mm. right? Uh, and and also what are the threats that Snowflake face? Sure. And also um, um, whether their thesis can live uh, through the competition, right? Mm. So so um, a company like Snowflake um, provides database and big data and analytic solutions. Um, so where do they sit in that? That the four layers. Yeah, definitely the infrastructure. So they're an infrastructure yeah. level. Okay, yeah, okay. Definitely an infrastructure layer. And and um but of course and, and some bits in the platform too. Um they their their competition could come from other data, um, let's call them um casually, let's just call them big data companies, right? Mm -hmm. So they have all these big data companies that will compete with them. At the same time, you have all these cloud providers like Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, who are also very capable of building very similar solutions. What Snowflake, right. Okay. Yeah. So, so now, if you're not in that industry and you decide to buy Snowflake, how do you observe how the competition is changing? Okay. Uh, and in fact, in so, fact, yeah, even well, if you go into, even when you go into, um, look at Amazon or Microsoft or Google's um, um, quarterly or annual report, they will not tell you how well is their database solution doing. Mm. Right. So now how can you do um, um, due diligence? due diligence properly? It's really, really hard, right? Right. Yeah. So before that, I, I know, I know we, uh, uh, we want to get to the familiar names because uh, you know, we know them. But 
Speaking of Snowflake, right? Obviously, I got interested in Snowflake. Uh, not that much interested yet because, you know, one of Buffett's lieutenant bought it at IPO, right? So, and Buffett never buys IPO, never buys tech, never buys company with, uh, you know, basically the kind of valuations that there are, at least optically. But I want to get a sense of how important Snowflake is to the industry. And uh, my question is, let's say if Snowflake or companies like Snowflake don't exist within the infrastructure, what, what is lost? How important are they? Oh my God, this is a very dangerous question. <laughs> Dude, actually, I, what I, MJ I is trying to say is, do they matter? Yeah, they because, matter? because like, I think that's how I would understand things, right? Yeah. If, if you like, if Google is gone, something of value is lost, right? I like my calendar is gone, my my, my whole life is gone because our yeah, whole I don't business know what's is gone, uh, MJ. Yeah, what, what's happening, right? We store our videos on on GCP, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, there's many ways to understand Snowflake, right? One is to read up on the entire industry, or you know, my way, which is yeah. how important are they? What happens if Snowflake disappears tomorrow? Specifically on Snowflake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Disclaimer. Um, disclaimer. I I work for a Palo Alto based company. Um, we are, uh, um, we we do business with a lot of software companies. Um, some of these names that I have mentioned, they could either be our customers or our partners or even our suppliers. May or may not be. Okay. Uh, may it. or may not be. <laughs> <laughs> Got anyway, it. Um. Uh. I. I. Um. You know, this, you probably have heard about this uh, term big data, right? Since course, maybe five yes. or 10 years ago, right? And, and of course, there, there has been evolution in big data as well. But maybe uh, more than five years ago, people would talk about cloud era. Yeah, right? uh, and, era. Yes. yeah, yeah. Hadoop. And yeah, yeah, the, 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 the Hadoop solution. Yeah. Right? And, and, and the, the, the story that Snowflake has is very different, right? The, the, the story that Snowflake has is it can provide you um, um, a multi cloud, right? Or, um, yeah, uh, um, a multi-cloud solution that's a lot uh, cost, um, more cost-efficient and more feature-rich than what Google, Microsoft, or Amazon okay. provide. Okay, okay, slow down. What yeah. in the world is multi-cloud? I thought oh. there was only one cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was the cloud. You know, yeah. you upload everything yeah. to so, the cloud. So, um, um, the 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 world of database uh, is is very broad, and I'm not a database expert. Just so you, uh, okay. you, you okay. know, um, but but um, um. For either a business or a website, right? Um, you either store data um, um, for records purpose, okay, and you also store data for analytics purpose, right? And I think um, Snowflake can achieve both, hmm. um, um, but but more towards the the analytics side. And um, the cloud providers, right, like Microsoft. Um, which has Azure and Amazon has Amazon Web Service and Google has Google Cloud Provider. Uh, yeah, the, the GCP. So um, they also have their own solution and some of them can be expensive and some of them can be cheap, right? Mm. Um, the strength of Snowflake is uh, your business do not have to lock into a specific cloud provider, right? I can mm. deploy it um, to... Uh, 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 my, my solution can be deployed to any of these cloud providers. But of course, when Snowflake started, they were only um, uh, AWS compatible, right? Mm. Right. But over time, they have grew to uh, Google. Then they have added Azure as well. So now, um, 
if Snowflake disappear, right, back to your original question, yeah, yeah. if Snowflake disappear, right, um, we still have other providers who could provide um, competing solution, right? So right. it's not the end of the world for sure. But if Amazon disappeared tomorrow, <laughs> I think uh, uh, maybe we'll let us say um, one third of the world will be disrupted for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so, can, can I, can I, uh, sorry, yeah. MJ, can I, can I agree, uh, simplify this in a way that they are some sort of a cloud aggregator. That means oh. if, if I come through, I, I'm a customer, I don't want to deal with, or I'm scared to just store my data on Amazon and I want to have some sort of a redundant kind of model, then I go to someone like Snowflake. Snowflake will adjust, let's just say one third of it is in Amazon, one third of it is in Google, one third of it is in Azure for security purposes or safety. Oh, no, I don't is think so. Right yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. Yes. I, I don't think that's what uh, Snowflake is for. Um, okay. But let's just say you want to build a data lake, right? Okay. Or, or, or data warehouse. Let's call it data warehouse. Let's just... Yeah, let's create a data warehouse. Yeah. Um, let's say you want to be a data warehouse, and if you do it on Amazon, um, the typical solution that we'll go for is called Redshift. Okay. Right. And if you go by Redshift, um, the cost is, um, a lot higher. Okay. Um, 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 Amazon charge ch charges you by, uh, the server and based on the specification that you requested. Okay. Um, and um, there are, there are some um fixed costs to deal with, and there are also some uh dynamic costs to deal with. Okay. And it comes to Snowflake, um, they allow you, if you say, hey, I have Amazon, I'm, a, I'm already an Amazon um, 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 user, right? Uh, they can help you to deploy Snowflake, right? Um, on top of Amazon uh, environment. But at the same time, um, the way you'll be charged, right, will be slightly different. Um, by the way, Right. Um. My my. I, I'm not a Snowflake user, so I could be explaining something wrong. Um. If so, please correct me later. Um. Snowflake charges you by computing. Um. Um. Utilization. Right. So it's a very different. Um. Um. Pricing model compared with a uh, Redshift. So to a lot of people, I think um it is more. Um, approachable that way, but at the same time, right? Because it offers, um, although similar, but definitely competing and also richer, um, features, um, compared with uh, um, what, um, Redshift offer, um, therefore I would say it's it's more attractive, right? It's more user friendly. You could get a lot more things done faster as well. So that's that's the way I explain it. And and now, if you are someone who is family with Snowflake, and you do have a cloud, uh, sorry, and you do have um, um, your, some of your infrastructure sits inside Amazon, but you also have infrastructure sits inside Azure right now, right? Um, you can use Snowflake in that cloud as well, right? So, 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 so I think that that makes um, um, what's behind, right? What's underneath, um, whether it's Microsoft or Amazon, um, um, what was underneath become less relevant because the interface right now is Snowflake itself. Mm. So from the interface, you can see it. I want this database to sit in that um, um, location region or whatever uh, inside that cloud, right? Actually, by the way, that's that's not one cloud. If we look up the sky there. Many oh, clouds. clouds moving around. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I, I hope that explains a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I grasped it a little bit better now. So I want to go back into something you said earlier, which is really the competitive landscape, right, of Snowflake. 
And you said that, at least I get the hint, that Snowflake's mode, at least from your point of view, is not as strong as some might think. And you said that, you know, what if AWS decide to do what they do or Azure decide to do what they do or Google, right? Because Google, you know, is very yeah. dominant. Like, like Google has big query as a solution, which is very yeah. affordable. So then my question is this, right? Snowflake has been around since 2012, right? It's nine years coming up to 10. Um, and they've grown only since then. And why, why do you think that is the case, right? Is it just... It's just luck or is it like, is it is this sort of business too small for Google to care about, right? They have, I don't know what, I can't remember Google. No, I, I, I don't think I have an educated uh, answer to okay. that actually because um, um, I I did look into Snowflake uh, as a user, um, oh. but but I did not look into Snowflake further. Um, I see. As in, I have never built anything on top of Snowflake, right? right. Uh, I mean, I tried to. Um, and in fact, I also didn't study Snowflake as an investor mm. that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but 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 I can give um 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 one reason why I did not dive into okay. Snowflake. Yes, right? yes. Um, I would choose another category, right? If you look at um the CDN industry, which my startup was a CDN, I mentioned just now, content delivery network. We have Akamai, we have Lumlight, we have um um Cloudflare, and we have Fastly, right? And and of course, a few more other players in the industry. Um, and definitely um, uh, maybe 10 big players, right? And another 100 or 1,000 small players. But the industry is pretty defined. Um, and also, um, a few top players have public information available. But right now, when you look at Snowflake, I just don't have enough data to benchmark. Um, between or, or even do a, right. a, um, a, a very educated competitive um, 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 comparison because Microsoft, Google, Amazon, they're not reporting their database, oh, big data growth, hmm. right? Um, you probably can still benchmark Snowflake against Cloudera on sales performance. Right. Um, but what, what are the other names you can benchmark with? Hmm. Right? Databricks is still not a public company today. Right. So, um, but if I want to compare Cloudflare with Akamai, right? Um, Akamai owns about forty percent of the market, right? So I usually when I go into a, um, when I choose to buy something, mm. um, I will usually look at um, an uh, oligopoly uh, situation, right. right? And I love monopoly. So I love monopoly. Right. I love duopoly. I love oligopoly. Um, it, right. it, 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 it reduced my chance to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But, but not, not telcos, though. I, I think going to a telco well, that's a, It's a still a duopoly, but it's like declining. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you so, increase the chance to lose. So yeah. let, let's take a small step outside of Snowflake and let's talk about the infrastructure in general. Am I right to say that for the industry that Snowflake is in, they're not that defined yet? Like your CD, what's the word you use? CDN. Uh, CDPs. Huh. CDN. CDN, right? Well, I so, think it's it's defined, but yeah, but please go on. Right. So you wouldn't so you would what would your gauge be of I guess the market share, the oligopolistic uh status yeah, of it's very it's very Snowflake. hard to gauge. It's too I hard see. to gauge, yeah. It's too hard to gauge right. and there's no public information for me to digest. Right. So so I will avoid right. And I, I think um 
being a being an intelligent investor. Being an okay. intelligent investor, we cannot just read one single company's um, report, of right? We, we need to read a few more, and I just can't um and do it right. if it's for the case of Snowflake. So some people will say that then you are then you are missing out big YC. Yeah, you know, too bad. <laughs> but yeah. also, I don't want to lose money. <laughs> yep. So before before we leave the infrastructure space, you know, this is the part where I guess you know consumers like myself and a lot of those listening. Uh, they will find it difficult to understand because it's very technical. But what are some of the key metrics in general for infrastructure players that you look at that are important and unique to the industry? Um, the key metrics, right? Yeah, yeah. As in the metrics that I will look at. Um, to judge its investability yeah. and to judge it, whether it's a good company, it's a great operation, things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I have to look at my notes. Um. You know, as a, as a, um, um, I think as a SaaS company, right, we have this set of a uh, common SaaS metrics. Hmm. Um, people look at uh, LTV. I think that's called a um long term value. Uh, you look yeah. at CAC. We call that the um customer acquisition cost. The customer yeah. acquisition cost, right? And I think uh, most importantly, right, um, um, your profitability metrics like ARR, right, uh. Uh, annual recurring revenue, right? Your net retention um, revenue, right? How how well you can generate and how well you can upsell and how well you can um, 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 retain your contract. I, I think all these are strength, right? And they can be uh, looked at, uh, they can be uh, studied when you look at this existing companies compared with its last year performance, right? Are those metrics improving, right? Is the cost of acquisition reducing? Uh, or it can also be looked at um, if, it's a cybersecurity space, right? It becomes so competitive, right? Maybe the cat will go up mm. because everyone is trying to burn money to 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 um to buy users. So um so I think some of these SaaS metrics are interesting. But the thing is, not all companies will want to share this information to you. Of course. Mm. And and I actually find myself so I I I have about maybe sixty percent of my portfolio is in tech, right? Uh-huh. And and. When it comes to actually looking at these companies, um, I only look at some of those metrics occasionally, right? Because I, I focus a lot more on the um, common traditional set of uh, 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 numbers that people look at, like your your revenue growth and, and whatsoever. But also, of course, uh, in the SaaS space, right? People also look at this thing called the, the rule of forty. Yeah. The rule of forty, um, and and as we all know, um, a lot of these companies that we just talked about just now. Um, um, a lot of them are not necessarily profitable, right? So when even when we look at traditional metrics, um, um, like if people start applying like PE ratio <laughs> on yeah. a on a on a on a software company, right, and they will say this is too expensive to buy, right? So you you will say that when Amazon was five hundred dollar, and and until today it went up beyond three thousand dollar, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 um, well, maybe you will look at PEG, not PE. Um, so, so the rule of uh, 40 looks at uh, two components, right? Uh, revenue growth and uh, um, the EBITDA margin. And there's also this uh, um, weighted rule of 40. And I think it, it really de- depends on how people want to game it. So um, when you take the revenue growth plus the EBITDA margin, uh, when you add them both together, right? Um, a pretty good company um, will have 40%. Right, and and I think this is a very cheap and easy way mm. for you to screen through a bunch of companies in the same industry, 
and um and then to do a stock picks, right? So, but as for myself, um, um, beside of the two sets of uh, numbers I mentioned just now, uh, I actually use um, F-score a lot um, when I do my initial um, selection, right? Because I, I think I'm still quite traditional. And, and when you do F-scores, uh, if, I think F-score is about nine metrics. I think so. Yeah, um, the, 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 the full name is like, it's like a Petrosky, yeah. Petrosky's F-score. Yeah, yeah. Okay, F-score, wow. yeah. So, 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 so it requires to look at a profitability, require you to look at health, and require you to look at um, um, efficiency, right? So, um, like, 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 for example, uh, if I compare um, Alassian, um service now, mm. Zendes, Asana, right? And, and I think the F-score looks pretty decent for Alaskan and service now, right? Probably not so good for Asana. And in fact, you can't even do that study on Asana because they don't have enough past data for you to analyze. Mm. Right. So, so yeah, I I do F score, and I would when I when you do this nine metrics by yourself, right? Not going to Guru Focus to get an F score. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you do this nine metrics by yourself, it forces you to actually go and look at the numbers. Correct. And then you will ask, oh, how come service now uh, total asset has increased so much in the last one year, right? Oh, that's because they pump in more for investment. Um, that's because they have, um, they managed to um, attain more cash, right? And yeah, and, and so and so, right? So, so, so those are really good information. Um, the, the last set of numbers I look at, and that's actually my primary set of numbers uh, on a day-to-day basis, um, is um, revenue, uh, the revenue trend, the earnings trend, and also the um, OCF trends. Right. Yeah, and, and, and I always look at these three um, um, to determine the face of the company, right? Like like I mentioned just now, not all of them have good uh, good earnings. A lot of them could be negative in earnings. But yeah. if that's the case, right, uh, what I truly admire in a company is what is the strength of the operating engine, right? And mm-hmm. therefore, it should be um, flushing out oper- uh, positive um, 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 cash flow in operations. And, and, and I think observing that movement, right, kind of to tell you that um, I think this company got it right, right? Mm, From the marketing right. to the sales to operating, executing, everything, yeah. you know that their OCF is improving, right? And then now you might look at um, um, is their CFO also smart enough to bring in more money through other means, right? Then you look at their FCF and so on. So, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So, so at the end of the day, when you look at it, um, I don't really rely a lot on the SaaS metrics. <laughs> <laughs> Still rely on the 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 changes in what goes underneath um in your in your uh different financial statements. I understand. Right. You spoke about two names that uh, uh really interest uh, uh me. Uh, because MJ and I, we when we started our business, we relied on a lot on Asana, uh, as a tool. And uh, you spoke about Atlassian. Um, I recently managed to read up about the founding story and they, they make great tools like Jira and Trello, right? So what makes, okay, in a nutshell and to, to the listeners out there who may not have heard of this name and this tool, maybe can you give us a brief overview of what Atlassian does and why do you think it's uh, a powerful uh, uh, suite yeah. of tools uh, for, for the user? Yeah, um, sure. Uh I think Alessian, I think Alessian was started in around 2000 mm-hmm. um, by two uh, um, um, Australians. That's right. 
And, uh, and and just so you guys know too, uh, I I actually had if you go to my LinkedIn, you will find out that uh, I actually was contracted to work in Alasian for for a few years. Mm. So, <laughs> so 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 I did know the founders. Um, I think Alasian um is is a is a what we call the um sorry let me start again yeah. right. Um, if you remember at the earlier of this um recording just now, uh, uh this session just now, I mentioned that um. In the past, building software is really about software geeks get together and try to create some solutions, right? Correct, correct. And, and right now, it's more like a serious business. Yeah. Um, back then, right, uh, when things are not working, right, we need what we call a bug tracker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, nowadays, no one quite bug tracker anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, Alasin started as a bug tracker, right? At that point, the competitor was um, um, Mantis, Bugzilla. Um, some, some of you might have heard about these names. Um, uh, at some point, uh, maybe after five years or so, um, there um, we also have like pivotal tracker, track, and different other bug trackers that come up. The pivotal tracker is not truly a bug tracker, but it's more like a um, um, agile sprint planning uh, project management tool, right? Mm-hmm. So bug tracker in the old days has evolved into project management tooling, and over time today, right, um, Alasin is no longer a project management um, company. They are also what we call the ITSM company, IT service management. Mm, mm. Um, if you look at the last one year um, in their advertising or in their materials, right, it is, they are pushing on ITSM a lot. And mm. ITSM is, um, I mean, uh, this direction that they are pushing for, right, is actually in the same market that ServiceNow is playing really, really strong. So mm. ServiceNow is another player, right? Mm-hmm. So, so Alassian grew from a bug tracker to a, um, to a project management tool and then now it's an ITSM company, mm. right? Um, Asana is still a, project management company. I don't Correct. think they are in the ITM space. Yeah. Um, another player that some of you might have heard about is called Zendesk. Oh, Zendesk, yes. Yeah. So, so about, Z- I never used their product before. Yeah, so Zendesk Zen, Zen, is a help desk, right? And, but um, they also didn't go into the ITSM space, but instead, uh, right now, they are going into the CRM space. And, and I think this is what makes um, software investment very interesting because like, even for the CDN companies I mentioned just now, each of them are doing the very different diversification. Like Cloudflare has always been um, a DDoS protection company, mm. but these days they they are also diving into the whole um, um, security web gateways uh, 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 industry, and that has a lot of established um, um, networking and uh, and uh, security um, information security players in there as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the kind of diversification they are very interesting, and they also make it very difficult therefore to compare companies uh, because right now they are doing different things. They are selling, mm. yeah, so. It's just yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, so so in a way you see this evolution of these different different companies. Um from your point of view, what makes uh, a great software company? Is it because it is not just geeks coming around and trying to develop uh, something yeah. they enjoy, but more of an evolution to say, hey, uh, software is meant to be easy, software is meant to be quickly deployed and software needs to be seamless to the user. Is that, is that a trend that you see in successful uh, software companies? Yeah, I think, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, um, the Salesforce CEO, right? Okay. You know, he, uh, oh, uh, Mark, Mark ben- Benioff. Mark Benioff, Benioff. Yeah. yeah. I think Benioff always talk about this, right? Um, 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 Sales- Salesforce is a very customer-centric company. Mm. And, and if, in fact, if you, if you just go through every single CEO of tech or non-tech companies these days, right? They will have to say that. And that's true because when we build products, we got to think about the customer first. Yes. Um, but we, we don't build products to think about shareholders. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
But maybe it would be for us to think about stakeholders for sure, mm-hmm. because stakeholders mm-hmm. as us, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I do think that's one. But at the same time, right? Um, when we assess a software company, and when I assess a software company, and I'm not sure whether you do that, um, it's a, I, I think this is an interesting trick that a lot of people actually do, okay. is to go to Glassdoor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, a great company is not just a company that treats their customer well, but treats mm. their employees well. Mm. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way and hopefully that, that, that answers, yeah. answers the question. What, what, what's a good company, right? Be a software or not, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you build the right thing for the customers. At the same time, you also um, um, treat your employees well, right? And, and the last bit, right? Um, recently, I gave an advice to some friends who were asking me about um, some, some CDN competition as well. And, and I said, um, um, if you are a developer or you have an IT guy who, who's going to procure the tool, maybe you will be looking at how great is that product. But if mm. we are as an investor, we are not buying the product. The company is the product that we are buying. And mm. therefore, we have to look at the whole thing as a full package, right? The whole company is a whole product itself, mm. right? Mm. That consists of the people, the culture, the process they have. And, 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 and therefore, right, the customers that we have, uh, the employees that you have, and also the entire operations, right? And that's, I think that's the sexy part. <laughs> understand, understand. Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for, yeah, yeah good question. No, no, just, just one more because it's related. Um, because these guys are diversifying um, and maybe it's coming from a space where MJ and I operate as uh, quite a fully digital online business. Uh, uh, we see softwares that have overlapping functions. Now you mentioned just now about CRM, people going to CRM. And then you've got digital email marketing softwares and all that. What I see, you know, you know, and 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 MJ and I can, uh, you know, every time I I'm the operations guy who try to operationalize all this, and whenever I try to get a software, you have the CRM guy trying to do email marketing, and then the email marketing guy trying to do CRM, you know, and vice versa. Is that is that something healthy in your opinion? This one, or is that something that? because they lack growth in their original focus of the business. That's why they have to do that. I think it can be, <laughs> I know, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I think it can be um, many reasons, right? Um, I'm, I'm going to pick on one company. Yeah, uh, please. It is called Limelight. Um, okay. So Limelight is the, one of the top five providers of CDN. Okay. Um, uh, so the, the number one, right? I, I mentioned this now. Um, Akamai owns about 40% of yeah. the industry. Yeah. I think Limelight during my time, uh, was said during my time in more than 10 years ago, yeah. um, it probably has about 20% of the pie. Okay. It was quite big. Right now, they only have 4% of the pie. Okay. Right? So it's strong a lot. And the CDN industry is no longer just offering CDN. Mm. Right? Um, like I mentioned just now, Cloudflare is also offering security. Yeah. Um, most of the CDN players that I mentioned just now, they are also offering this thing called the edge computing. Ah. Right. So they, they try to bring uh, um, computing of, uh, um, yeah, they try to move computing power closer to the user. Right? Correct. And, and there is also this evolution called the uh, um, AI at edge, right? And so how can you move even AI closer to the user? Um, but anyway, right. So, so for a company like, like Limelight, um, 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 they also started to uh, um, shake up themselves, right? Um, so like this year, they hired um, the CEO from another company called Alert Logic just to reboot the whole company. If you go to the glass store, you'll see everyone is very positive about this CEO. They, 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 they feel that the, the company is being uh, rejuvenated. 
And um, and then they also started to buy companies, right? So the last acquisition they made is actually, uh, um, oh, how should you call that? Yeah, an age computing company, right? Which also provide monitoring mm. um, of uh, um, um, users, website performance and stuff. Um, so that, that company is called Layer Zero. Mm. And, and I feel, uh, just, just to go back to your question, right? And I feel that uh, um, if Lambda need to stay relevant in the industry, they cannot be behind um, the R&D, mm. right? So either you build it or you buy it, right? And they have to buy it. So, so, so I think um, diversification has multiple reasons, right? For, for the case of Limelight is for survival, mm. right? I mean, that's my take, right? Maybe someone uh, from Limelight listening to this will say, no, 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 no. <laughs> we are doing well. We are not trying to do this for survival, right? We are trying to win. Um, but for companies like Microsoft, I would guess it's because they want to expand in mm. fact, when, when, when they make a move to go into a specific market, right, is to win, right? Yeah. And, and when, when they do it, actually, they could also expand the total addressable market, Correct. right? Yeah. Maybe it's an originally a 10 billion market, right? But when, when more players go into it, it could, it could blow up as well. So, so, so I would say it, it could be for survival. It could also be uh, for eating up more shares, right? It's too, yeah. Great. So, Great. you know, in terms of diversification and, and even acquisitions, depending on how they choose to diversify, whether like, you know, certain companies like to do it internally, right? Like Amazon, they like to, I mean, recently they bought Whole Foods and all that, but they generally like to start their own project. Whereas, uh, you know, companies like Google, Microsoft, they, they like to mix it up a little bit with acquisitions and things like that. But in terms of diversification, um, what are your thoughts on vertical and horizontal diversifications? Do you, do you prefer one over the other in your experience? Or do you prefer something like completely out, out, out there? You know, like not even horizontal. It's like something yeah. completely different. Which one yeah, makes I, more sense to you? When it comes to buying a company, right? Yeah, as an investor. As an investor, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I have two answers to that. Um, number one is, um, like I mentioned just now, I love Monopoly. I love monopolies. I love monopolies. Um, <laughs> maybe influenced by Peter Thiel, by the way. Yeah, if you guys uh, have read the book. Zero to um, one. Uh. Yeah, zero to one. You talk about um, <laughs> the monopolies. <clears throat> um, because the way I see it is um, monopolies can create stickiness by adding more offerings in their, uh, in their product lines. And, and um, um, when they diversify, right, they further increase their stickiness. Right. Google coming from a search engine become a browser um, provider, right? I mean, in the past, you remember Google as a search engine, right? Yeah. Right now, you think about Google, think about Chrome, yeah. right? And, and, and if they add more stuff, like now they try to pull people into Google Photos, yeah. right? And then um, we have been relying on Google Drive for so much, right? So as they just add more offerings, right? It just make it harder and harder for you to get out from the platform. So, right. so that's one, right? Um, so I definitely love uh, when a monopoly start doing diversification. So because it's not for survival, right? It's mm -hmm. to eat up the market. Yeah. Um, then the second part, the second answer is um, I'm also re um, very careful when it comes to investing in a very competitive market. So um, I have procured some security tool uh, due to my job, but I do not actually hold, except for Cloudflare, by the way, I do have position in Cloudflare. Mm -hmm. um, but I do not actually hold security stocks, uh, sorry, um, um, stocks of uh, um, security. security software companies. Yeah, because right. I think that space is just too crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, and in fact, I, so like, um, I, I have 
been a user and I have to study Datadog uh, New Relic um, Dynatrace a few times, right? And I still didn't go into it because I feel that it is, um, um, it is a, a very competitive market. And then you can see that this training that I mentioned just now, pretty much like the CDN providers, right? They're also doing a lot of diversification. Mm -hmm. So they have moved from um, doing logging and monitoring for um, computing resources to um, um, what we call the containers, clusters, tracing, distributed tracing. And right now they're diving into security as well. Mm -hmm. So they are also going head to head with uh, some other existing security players, right? So when I see a space like that, I will be very, very careful. And some and often my move is to I'm 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 not sure whether this is a popular advice, but but that's my move. Um <laughs> sorry, it's not an advice. Yeah. So my, my move when 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 I see a situation like this, I'll go into ETF. Because wow. I because I I don't want to make uh, a wrong move uh, in my stock pick. Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. Right. But but uh, and, and therefore I love um um uh, a monopoly or du duopoly situation because I love to do um, do a trading, right? Mm. Um, what I mean by that is, um, I would hold AMD and Intel, right, and then I would rebalance whenever I need, because I feel that they they have a very strong grab of the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what speaking about ETF, are they ETFs that are so specific to just cybersecurity? Oh yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. I I think it's become more popular, right? Um, what's the yeah. name of the company? So we have First Trust. Okay. And then we also have Global X. I think Global X is a uh, Korean-based company acquired by, by the by the New Yorkers. Okay. So so we have Global X, we have First Trust, and Cross definitely strike. we have. I think that's another one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, sorry. Um. So 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 um. The two names I mentioned just now, they are uh fund companies, right? And then they have ETFs, and their ETF is very thematic, right? Like cybersecurity, right? And, and definitely you will see CrowdStrike in in yeah in their in the holdings. Huh? Yeah, definitely in the holdings. Yeah. Mm. Um. Like I think First Trust at one point. Um, CrowdStrike was uh, beyond seven percent oh, okay. uh, in, in in this um 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 what do you call that uh ETF called CIBR right so so yeah we, we have a lot of uh, thematic um um ETF in the market right mm -hmm. you could even buy um blockchain infrastructure company uh, that mm -hmm. this one called uh, BLOK block mm -hmm. right so um those companies are either um um blockchain related right, mm -hmm. or they in or they um, um, invent blockchain solutions. Mm, mm. Right. So what areas do you see uh, have monopolistic uh, situation and what areas within the infrastructure, the entire tech space, right? Which ones yeah. do you feel that either already has a monopolistic mm. uh, situation or building or going towards? And which areas where you think it's just pure dog-in-dog -dog capitalism right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, this, this is my interpretation, right? Oh, so my data could be wrong. Okay. Um, but definitely, right? When we look at the cl uh, cloud providers, we know who are the top three to top four. Yeah. Right. You you have the Google, uh, Microsoft, and 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 Amazon, right? Um, and of course, then you have Alibaba and the rest. Um, right. And, right. And you know, IBM and Oracle they want to join the game as well. Mm. But but we know, um, Microsoft. Oh, sorry. The, the the three names I mentioned earlier, right? They continue to gain. Um, um, make gains in their revenue, right? They continue to buy, uh, sorry, acquire more customers. They're still growing at a rate of uh, 40 to 50% for, for their cloud solutions, right? Um, um, so that's one, right? Cloud, uh, cloud providers. Um, what else? 
I do think I do think um, CDN um, um, has uh, a monopolistic uh, a monopolistic situation because except for Akamai, I don't think any other players are having dual digits market share. Mm. Yeah, but Akamai is a shrinking market share, right? Uh, I think more, more than ten years ago, Akamai might have sixty percent or seventy percent of market, and right now it has been swung to a forty percent, right? Then you might want to ask, uh, how much more people can eat up? But at the same time, while while it's being eating up, the market is also expanding. Yeah. Right. Right. So, right. So so they're still getting growth, right? Just not as crazy growth as Cloudflare. Um, Cloudflare offer DDoS solutions. I think they do have um a um not a monopoly, but they do uh, have a lot of market shares in a a DDoS solution. Mm. Um, but you don't have a DDoS solution index. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. But but it, at the same time, right? You also oh uh Cisco Juniper. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, Cisco, I think, uh, probably supply about half, <laughs> half of the features in the world. Maybe. I thought more than that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so they do have right, but but again, right, um, it really depends on the DNA of the company. Mm. Some of those names, although they have a monopoly, um, advantage, right? We know that they're shrinking, uh, or they are not growing as fast, right? Um, like, how would you compare Akamai with uh Microsoft? Mm. I think you will put the money in Microsoft, maybe, right? Mm. Uh, this is not stock advice, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, coming back to to the point you made about Cisco, you know, you see the four layers that you mentioned. Here we are, we're talking more about the software and the application layer. How much do you see, uh, okay, for the lack of a better word, traditional hardware networking companies going to this? Because... You know, we, we've seen a lot of uh, trade wars uh, due to technology. Uh, Huawei is a, a good example. I mean, during my days, there's this company called 3Com. I don't know if you remember them, uh, Yanchi. 3Com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where are they today? They don't I can't exist. remember the logo. Yeah, yeah. I can't even remember the logo. <laughs> Bay, Bay Networks. Bay Networks are yeah. also are gone. And during that time, there was a consolidation. So the question is, how do you think uh, hardware companies will trend going forward. Will they, uh, in a way, pivot a little bit more into yeah. software solutions, cybersecurity, and all that to complement you know, your I, hardware or or what? IBM is is just another example, right? It, yeah. it was a hardware yeah. company, right? Correct. And right Correct. now they are in the software space, and so I think they are bigger in services. Yes. Um, and and Cisco is actually not truly traditional anymore either. Correct. Um. Like you know, I, I mentioned about uh some monitoring company just now. Uh, by the way, I I I I I hope I'm not confusing people because I I mentioned a lot of uh, um um too many companies sometimes. Yeah. Um. So so I mentioned just now that um there are Datadog uh a lot uh, sorry uh Datadog New Relic, Dynatrace, and there is also this player called App Dynamics, right? So these four used to, and I think they are still. Um, pretty much the top four when it comes to um, um, logging and monitoring, or these days people call it observability. Mm. Um, AppDynamic actually was acquired by Cisco. I see. Yeah, I see. acquired by Cisco, and Cisco continued to um, sell solution. Um, so Cisco is not fully, totally um, hardware anymore, right? Mm. They also offer... A cloud solution. Like I mentioned just now, uh, Cloudflare is getting into the security space. Okay. So there's a space called SASE, S-A-S-E, 
I don't remember what it stands for, okay. <laughs> but S-A-S-E. Um, so in the SASE space, we have players like uh, Zscaler, we have players like Palo Alto Network. Cisco is also in that space. Right? I see. VMware, Cisco, uh, um, um, Cloud, Cloud, Cloudflare is getting into it. Right? So um, different competitors coming from different um, direction. Right? I see. Yeah. So, so if you ask me, why invest into this space? I, I won't because I don't know who will die. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So SASC stands for Secure Access Service H. So yeah. it's actually more towards edge computing already. It's a Cisco umbrella service today. So, wow. You know, it, it's definitely evolved a lot since the dot-com era, uh, Yunchi. I've not kept up to date, uh, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. I think this space is crazy. I, th- I do think so, right? And, yeah. and that's why when I can't decide, Right, I, I try to avoid stock picks, and and I would just go safe with ETF, and, and then right. I would just top up my. Then I fo- then I focus on the others I feel more confident with. Right. Yeah, so so what are the areas you would buy an ETF? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, in my query, what are the areas where that you avoid stock picking, but as an industry, it's growing. Yeah, right. Right now, ETF I have is a uh, um cybersecurity, um, mm-hmm. and I also have a uh, um actually surprisingly actually I have UpQ. Ah, of uh, course. Q, yeah. So, so that's autonomous, right? Autonomous mm-hmm. and robotic, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that space is also in, insane. So, I mean, you could be buying a component in that ETF that is in the second place today, but maybe tomorrow or a, a, a year or two later, you get wiped out. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, so I feel stock picking in that is very um, dangerous, but of course, high risk, high return, right? Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm not a Tesla investor. Um, I'm, I'm quite sure uh, some of you are. <laughs> a, lot, actually, a lot of Tesla bulls, I can assure you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so um, um, there's one space I'm looking at. Uh, it's called ID. Uh, that there's one ETF that I look at. It's called IDNA. Uh, I think ah. it's by iShares. Uh, it's actually in med, right? In in it's in the medical space, right? It's okay. not a SaaS company, by the way. But 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 um, the medical space also has a lot of R and D, right? And yeah. and also very competitive. And due to COVID and so many other things is also exploding a little bit. Mm, right. Mm, so. Mm. So, so I think, can I get at this is that even you are a user and you are in this industry, there are certain areas where there's so many variations and permutations, you rather spread your risk through an ETF. Yeah. yeah. And then those that are high in, in terms of confidence level and margin, you would rather pick that stock. So maybe can you share... What are those areas that you feel has uh, a good oligopoly o- o- or monopoly yeah. or duopoly that you know you feel very confident in actually? Yeah, but, but stocks lah, basically. Yeah, yeah but, 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 but before that, right? But before that, right? Uh, but before that, um, yeah. I, I, if I can, I just add one more ETF, sure. right? I, I do have this ETF. It's called a three zero six nine, right? It's as Hong Kong. Very interesting. So, so, yeah, so three zero six nine is actually the um, um, the the, the Chinese HS Tech. Right. Ah, and okay. because the um I'm not exposed to Chinese tech mm. as much. Mm. I'm I'm only exposed to Chinese tech as a user. Mm. Right. Like friends around me who actually use the Alibaba cloud is very, very limited. Ah. So therefore, right, my knowledge about um how to choose a Tencent cloud or Alibaba cloud or Huawei cloud, probably I can't give any answer at all because just not enough people talk about it uh in my circle. Right. So so in that case, right, um, um, we are just uh, Chinese tech users due to Lazada, uh, Redmart, or Shopee, right? Mm, mm. And therefore, I think our, our knowledge can become very limited. And, mm. and in that case, I, I will also go with uh, ETF. But I think, uh, 
But I think the last few weeks, <laughs> whether you're going with ETF or not, I think it's crazy. Yeah. 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 yeah but um, um, what, what, what I'm confident with, um, back to your question, uh, I, I do have Microsoft. My, Microsoft yeah. and Google, they are really um, a very big part of my portfolio. I see. Uh, and they are profitable. Right. Um, some other companies, you know, like, like you, you mentioned about Asana just now, you mentioned about Alassian just now. Um, they are not profitable yet, right? So you, you, you usually um, uh, in my portfolio composition, I do have a 5% or so allocation for hypes. And these are usually the non-profiting companies. Yeah. So I actually make sure that a very big part of my portfolio, they are profiting companies. Mm-hmm. How big yeah. is big? I'm just curious. How big is big to you? Because I, I know different investors, have, I've asked this question as well. Some people say 7% is big. Some people Correct. say some people oh, are like no, my, 30% is normal. Yeah, I, I haven't been um um so 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 I'm a long-term holder, right? And I don't really sell. I, yeah. I think that that's my, one of my um weaknesses. Um my Google holding is about eight percent or nine percent. I see. Okay. My Microsoft has grown too fast, right? My my aim is to keep everything below 10. My Microsoft right now is at 16%. Okay. It's going too fast, right? And and I know there's no reason for me to sell. It's more like how can I be as liquid as possible to diversify into buying other stocks. I see. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that means you you uh just to be technically correct, right? Uh, you don't run a close-ended portfolio, lah, Meaning, uh, close-ended meaning that it's a the amount of money inside. You don't take it out and you don't add anything. It's 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 a more fluid one, correct? Sorry, can can you repeat that part? So, uh, based on what I'm hearing you say, it's not a close-ended portfolio, meaning it's a portfolio that you have, but you add money in or you, you are okay to take it out. It's not fixed. It's not closed out for... Oh, yeah, yeah, capital. for sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and um, the, the other uh, stocks I have that are big, right, they are actually not um, that software, right? I mean, I, I do have... Um, 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 Intel, right? Uh, it's, it's a tech stock, yeah. and then I I do have some Malaysian, but but they are not um at the size uh, like uh, Google and Microsoft. I understand. And, and like I mentioned just now, I I really um like <laughs> the 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 triple E's, right? So yeah. Where, yeah. Where's where's Amazon in this? I have <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, I no, I I, I don't have any Amazon. Uh, I have why? to ask now. Yeah, why <laughs> I do not know. I I think maybe at the even at the very beginning, I think when I was more active um, looking at uh, cloud providers. Probably Amazon was about, it, it was already more than $1,000. So, and, and that time Microsoft was way below $100, right? Mm-hmm. So you would feel that um, it's maybe, <laughs> yeah, it's cheaper. <laughs> oh, no, actually, it's, it's more accessible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in um, the amount I need to put in, uh, the, the amount of a US dollar I need to convert. I right? see, so, okay. Yeah, it's more approachable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I guess instead of asking specifically, you know, the, the whole company, right? These three that you that we talk about, Microsoft, Google, and uh, Amazon, you own two out of the three. How do you compare their cloud services? Because that's uh, probably their biggest area of growth right now. And you know, they're massive companies that are growing like about 30, 40% in, in that area. How do you compare these three uh, giants when it comes to cloud? As a user? As a user, as an investor, as everything. Yeah, maybe as a user, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, because because I think even as an investor, we have very little um, details about okay. what's happening with the sure. Thing. yeah sure. yeah they they are not really disclosing their uh, cloud data that much even yeah. in their in, in their reporting yeah um 
<clears throat> like even Google, only until very recently, they report the revenue, <laughs> right? They're not telling you further information about operations. Um, as a user, so I'm, I'm both a Amazon Web Services as well as a Google Cloud um, platform uh, user, right? If right. you ask me as, a, as, as an end user, um, the experience that I like is actually Google's. Mm. Um, I'm not really a, a Microsoft Azure's user. I, I haven't really uh, uh, used Azure yet. So, um, but um, although I do have a preference for Google, right? I, I spend more time actually building stuff in AWS because that's what I'm more familiar with. Mm. And, and in fact, AWS, um, I think um, they, it's not fair to call it a first mover advantage, but they kind of have a, earlier mover advantage mm. um, um, to have a lot more adoption compared with uh, Google and Microsoft, mm. right? I think Microsoft is a late mover in this space, but managed to gain market share, right? Yeah. Google was actually early, um, but I think, uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 I don't have the correct answer to why Google did not win early, but instead it was Amazon, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but, but in, as a user, I think as a user, um, um, a, a few years ago, right? Uh, building things with a AWS um, support, as in um, software tools that we have supporting AWS integration or allowing you to deploy things easier to AWS mm. was a lot more uh, prominent or dominant than um, what you could do uh, uh, otherwise if you are on uh, Google or Microsoft. I see. So, so I think AWS does have an advantage in that space. Okay. Um, but but of course, um, and it's very similar that I mentioned just now, when Snowflake first started, it was Amazon. Mm, that, mm. That's what they supported, right? Understand. But eventually, they have to go into other cloud as well. So I, I would say software tooling, um, most of them, right, at the beginning, usually they was first start with Amazon because I think the bigger market is there. The dominance. Uh, dominance yeah, definitely actually. dominance. Uh, it's the same, it's same with, um, I, I think it also simplified, right? Um, like, um, most of the app creators will start with the iPhone first before they move yeah. to the Android mm. because I think Android will, well, I don't want to start a phone war <laughs> debate, in this phone debate about, yeah. yeah. I'm an Android user, disclaimer. Same here, same here, same here. I, I, I've been <laughs> contemplating, you know, MJ have been telling me get an iPhone, you know, but then, you know, so anyway, yeah. different pre- yeah, but, preferences. But, but you know, that, that's one thing that got me stuck uh, throughout this whole conversation, right? The reason why uh, cloud computing could explode right we really have to thank to the phone yeah yeah exactly yeah it's exactly. totally yeah it's, it's totally um the demand right was 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 uh pushed by them yeah yeah i mean can you imagine those days uh this this joke that i i i don't know if i even i told mg this uh, there's this joke in uh, my previous company where i worked uh shell they say that uh you know you have arrived in shell if you have a blackberry my God. <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. Hey, they have so, a very beautiful logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know you have arrived in Shell when you've gotten your BlackBerry. That means you're important enough to be uh, 24-7 uh, email accessible, you know. And, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> that was when I started early in my career. La. And how the iPhone has revolutionized that everyone now has a BlackBerry. You know, there's no excuse for you not to have email services yeah. or cloud computing services. Uh. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I, I want to touch back on what you said earlier about GCP and your experience. And, and it's very much related to the adoption of cloud services and e-commerce for businesses. Because um, I used to code in Java. I've completely returned it and I've forgotten about it. I'm not, I've not done coding. In yeah, and, and Sun, Sun, Sun Microsystem 
no longer exists. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> here, here's my question is very related to the investing world and to see how big this time really is. Uh. Where do you think we are in the curve of adoption by businesses using cloud services? Um, maybe you can start off uh, from your experience, you know, deploying these services uh, from your perspective. And then maybe if you have knowledge about the re- different regions, do you see who is ad- which region is adop- adopting it faster or which region is adopting it slower, you know, in, in, my, in your point? You know, I, I think in a normal world, we probably can see that pattern. But in a COVID world, I think the last one to two years, the digitalization is rampant, right? Mm, mm. Everywhere, right? Like, like in, in fact, like in, in, in the case in Singapore, right? The, the government actually encourages businesses to make work from home possible, mm. right? And, and therefore, it forces every company to think about digitalization mm. and, and adopting cloud solution. Um, I, I, I do think um, 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 that the, the COVID has made reading this a bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure whether I have a good answer for you. Uh, yeah. Do you think we are at the beginning of the curve? Uh, and COVID with COVID accelerating, are we in the middle, or are we still? Are, are we already hitting the maturity stage in a way? I mean, it's just a gut feel from your point, uh, because I, I no, still no, see no. a lot of business. Definitely not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm in software. I think I'm quite optimistic about this. <laughs> I, I think that our, our world will go um, only exponential. Ah. Yeah. Not, not flat. Okay. Um, I mean, most of the re, re, uh, most of the Gartner resources, right? They predict five to ten years, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, um, the the growth of cloud providers is still between a fifteen to twenty five percent range of I growth. See. I see. Uh, um, I think digitalization is definitely beyond twenty to thirty percent growth um, um, every year um, for the next five to ten years to go. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 because of that, right? Uh, what makes cyber security space so interesting is um, the more the more companies adopt um, software uh, as part of their business, the more risk they are exposed to. Exactly. Right. And it just generates right. uh, it just generates opportunity for this uh, risk-based businesses. Yeah. So I actually do think that cybersecurity is, is one space that shouldn't be avoided. I mean, you think about um, flying your drones and your drones being hacked, right? <laughs> you think about um, driving your Tesla and you got hijacked, right? It just makes um. I mean, we, we will continue to evolve into a more connected world, mm. right? Think about when you look at your wrist right now, right? Most of the people are using <laughs> a smartwatch, <laughs> a, a smartwatch, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then data is being transmitted, um, not through thin air, but you probably can't even see. Yeah. yeah data is being transmitted um, everywhere, right? And, and I have a very uh, digitalized home. Um, I can tell uh, Google. Hopefully, I, I won't turn it on right now. Yeah, to turn on, turn off hey, uh, lights and everything, right? So, so I I will only see more and more um um in this world. It's not less. Understand. Yeah. Understand. Yeah. And so so the the demand for more computing power, right? And, and in fact, right, if you look at the last, if you look at the last um one year, right, we are in a we are in a, a chip shortage situation. Yeah. 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 We are not in a chip right. oversupply situation. Yeah. But of course, we are, we are in a chip storage situation for a very different reason, right? But it also shows that the demand is so strong. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to go back a little bit to cloud and talk a little bit about the unit economics. I think this is something we didn't yes. really go deep into. Correct, correct. So there's the, there's the sales side, the revenue side, and then there's the cost side. So let's start with sales, right? What 
how do these big three big companies that you mentioned charge their users? Mm. Are there any differences? Like, so for example, the only one I'm familiar with is uh, GCP. Because right. we pay the bills, right? Yeah, because we pay the bills. So we know <laughs> we know how much <laughs> would have the unit economics for that. Obviously, we don't know the enterprise versions, right? If there's enterprise. Uh, how about the, the, the rest? Um, AWS uh, and, and, and Azure. What, what are they like, actually? Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm um, not sure whether it is the best answer, but I try to simplify it. Um, I think what uh what I truly appreciate, right? You know, when 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 people talk about um um Amazon is uh exploiting their uh, workers and paying them the mm. chip, um um Jeff Bezos um 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 shouldn't be the richest man, right? Shouldn't be flying to the moon. I mean, it's not in the moon, by the way. So sorry. Um, <laughs> but but I think uh um as a as a as a developer or a person who um, still build software, right? I really appreciate um, how um, um, the offering coming up from Amazon Web Services has changed the entire industry in building software faster and more efficient, right? Mm. And um, we, we were talking about all this uh, purchasing hardware and stuff, right? And those were really costly in the past. And right now, it's charging you by utilization. Yeah. Right, it's it's about how many um minutes or hours of uh yeah. computing resources you have used, right? And 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 of course there are surprises. And now back to um Amazon, right? Your real painful bills in uh, in Amazon comes from when you start to transfer data out, and that's mm. creates a mode by the way. That's yeah. the really perfect mode they have, right? So um. Amazon most most of the Amazon margin. So you can read this um hit piece. <laughs> you can read this hit piece a month ago written by the Cloudflare CEO. Ah. Yeah. Um he was criticizing uh, how Amazon charges on our network um when things transferred out. And because they they have this thing called a bandwidth alliance. Um Microsoft, Google, um Alibaba, they are all in the same alliance. So they do have like friendly charging when you're transferring between some of these networks. But Amazon is not part of it. Yeah, it's actually a mode. Yeah, and then that, that, that makes, makes investors to be like, oh shit, I got to stick with this. But who knows, right? Uh, if Amazon yeah. decides to join, then, then they will have a reduction in the revenue. So, um, so I do know Amazon uh, has a huge markup, huge pricing markup when it comes to network costs, right? Um, but of course, uh, I won't... Um, um, I, I mean, may, maybe they're evil for that, right? Or maybe they're not, right? But I, I'm still very thankful, right? Uh, we are not living in a world that I have to pick up a phone call to ask someone to upgrade my hardware. <laughs> yeah. Or, or to change the RAM on my <laughs> server that is going <laughs> to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can you please upgrade my uh, hard, hard, hard disk drive to yeah. SSD? Or, yeah. So how about Azure then? Uh, oh, no, I, I do not have knowledge about Azure. Knowledge. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, so but, now, but if you talk about like um, Google BigQuery, right, I think it also charges you on... Uh, 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 long, long yeah. queries actually. Yeah, no. So I, I, I think most of these cloud providers, the good thing about these cloud providers, they are charging is all about usage utilization, not mm. by seats, right? And a lot of the, you know, we talk about the the infrastructure, the platforms, and then the the SaaS companies, right? A lot of the SaaS companies they charge by seats. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, right, um, right. Netflix, Netflix one, right? That's yeah. Like, seat, right? Uh, like like Atlassian as well. Um, when you when you use Jira, right, or you use Confluence, right, they 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 charge per user. Mm. Um, but I think companies also become smart um, to um, because when you charge by users 
sometimes it might not be friendly mm. or sometimes you will have missed revenue. Mm. Yeah, because, yeah right. because what if your users outsmart the system and they utilize too much, they right? Mean, they, they don't have granularity. Levels. Yeah. So, so I think these days, um, companies also look uh, uh, work on a, a mixed model, right? Um, example I can give, New Relic, um, it's one of the monitoring player I mentioned just now. Um, New Relic, uh, has been had been sorry had been in the past charging by the number of machines or hosts okay. that mm. use the monitoring um service. Okay. Right. Uh, I, I think they actually create barriers because we are even in a we are living in a world mm. that small devices is considered one machine. Ah, yes. uh, and right now if yeah, I want yeah, to put yeah. sensors in in, in, in uh, for logging purpose, right? I have to pay New Relic hell a lot. Right. So last year they actually did a did a whole repricing. I think it's around end of July. You can read about it. Um, uh, in the quarterly report, right? So the whole uh, repricing um, so that they will only charge you by utilization right now, mm. by the amount of storage you're consuming, I see. by the by the amount of uh, I can't remember the notifications you push, for example, right? Mm-hmm. So so I do think um, companies will continue to evolve based on how the technology is changing mm. because last time you know this this is actually totally relevant with all the stories we talk about just now. In the past, when we talk about putting in a logging. Um, um, sensor, right? It's really about putting into a machine, yeah, right. But then the concept of machine has changed from machine to uh, VMs, yes, right. And then the concept of uh, uh, and then VM is not granular enough. We also yeah, have correct. this thing called containers, mm. right. And then we also move into this world called um um, um I mean a a, a a clustered environment, right? Backed by this thing called Kubernetes or whatever. And you could spin up a lot of jobs, right? And, and some of these jobs are long leave, some of them short leave, right? And and yeah, so 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 the world has become a lot more distributed in the way we do compute, mm. right? And the business model, oh, sorry, the 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 pricing structure has to change. I understand. Yeah, I understand. So so I think that there will be a lot more uh, focus on utilization rather than on seats or hosts. Yeah. That's good. That's a yeah. good. Uh, that's a good point. Um, okay. So now about the cost, right? What what does it take to, uh, satisfy the demand of you know, data usage, right? For GCPs, the AWSs of this world. What was the, the big cost involved? Yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> I actually did not study um, um, deeply on uh, uh, what makes up the cost of uh, sure. a Google Cloud, right? Okay. Um, but I tried to answer this in a very general way. Uh, you do see companies keep reprising, right? I mean, they, they are reprising either due to uh, customer acquisition costs have increased, right? Or, or in the right. past, they, yeah. They, I mean, there are multiple reasons behind it. Um, I, if I, if I look at, if I look at, yeah, if I, if, if I look at a software companies like Alassian, right? When, when you look at their, um, what, what do you call that? When, when you look at their OPEX, mm-hmm. when, when you look at the typical, uh, OPEX that we look at, for example, uh, GNA over revenue, sales and marketing over revenue, um, R&D over revenue, mm. right? Um, R&D over revenue is usually the biggest component, right? They will be between 40% to 50 or 60%. Mm. It really depends on uh, what's the face of the company and how, how competitive is the market. Yeah, A company like Alassian has a... Um, pretty low sales and marketing. They are a very unique company. I think if you go through their story, you realize that uh, words of mouth, uh, mouth uh, uh, is the best way to sell 
at Lesson Products. And the partner network is strong. Uh, I think the partners sell their products um, um, without having them to have very dedicated sales uh, workforce. Mm. So yeah, I, I think um, um, and I think GNA is always manageable, especially for software companies. They are even smarter in using other SaaS-based solutions <laughs> uh, to solve a GNA problem mm. rather than hiring a big accounting department. Correct. Right. So so it's it's always the um um, um what I call the SNM right sales and marketing costs that's really really high, mm. especially especially in a very uh, competitive environment. And then also uh, the R&D cost is really, really high, right? And let us say Spotify, right? Um, I think Spotify use Google or maybe they're using Amazon. I can't remember. Probably Google, right? Um, maybe the Google bill is the biggest thing for them. Mm. I mean, of course, and also the the developers are not cheap at all, mm, right? Um, I mean, um, um, just, 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 just for the benefits of everyone, right? Um, a, a software developer in Silicon Valley, right? Uh, it's the paycheck is between 200 to three, 400, uh, Thousand US dollar a year Annual, annually, yeah. 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 So there's about twenty thousand a month, more than that, uh. Yeah, it's not cheap, right? Yeah, yeah. And, so how and, about the uh, data centers, for example, the upkeep of all these data centers to store all the important data? Like, how big is that, or is that not very significant in in your estimate? Obviously, I know you've not done. Yeah, no, yeah, I I haven't done that calculation at all. Yeah, although, right? Um, I think uh. Maybe uh, 10, 20 percent of my portfolio is actually in uh, uh, data center rates. No, but, <laughs> but but I did not do the calculation at all. Yeah, understand. Right, right. Understand. Yeah, I, I, I do really have answer. one question though. Uh, going back to um the cost of the developers, right? Um, I do not know whether you've done any like a ratio comparison to say if their software developer cost is let's just say more than. F- 40% or 50% of SG&A and the intangible value they create is good or not. I mean, how, how would you benchmark to know whether they are spending enough on R&D and software development? Have yeah. You, yeah. You know, because because when they spend high in, uh, in R&D, right, it could mean two things, right? It could yeah. mean they are really supercharging for more features. Okay. Right. Or it could also mean that they are not efficient. Ah. Right. So I, I think, I, 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 I think um, and, and that's the hardest part, right? When, because we, we are only processing all this proxy yes. and they're not necessarily accurate, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and now we go, going back to um, avoiding stock picking because we are not in the industry and now mm. to, um, e- even if you're not in the company, how would you know whether they're actually efficient? Yeah. Whatever numbers that we are reading is just our interpretation. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Yeah, but, 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 but I think the right way of interpreting them, right, is, is um, to look at the trend within that company itself. Mm. But at the same time, you could still benchmark between the same players in the industry just to make guesses. Understand. Right? And, and I still think at the end of the day, we are still making guesses. I understand. I yeah. understand. Sure. That's a very good point actually. Yeah, thanks. I think that is one of the best uh, education that I've got from uh, you know, the software industry and how to really break it down. Now at least, thanks to you, I know you said that it's not uh, it's oversimplification, but at least now I know the supply chain. Right now, I know who sits at the bottom. Where's Snowflake? Where is Cloudflare? Where is Datadog? Where's all these people? And where does Google sit? So I, I just forgot. You said that there were four areas, right? So you, from the bottom, infrastructure. I forgot the second one. The one in between infrastructure and oh, No, I think I mentioned this three uh, infrastructure uh, platform. Um, but platform. of course, we, we can go in final, right? Then there's software service, right? Um, right, I think so um, um I think these days even at the platform level, people also look at this thing called a container as a service. But mm. like I say, how how you want to slice that, right? Um, it's it can be 
it's, it's up to how people want to slice it. But, I, yeah. I don't want to get too deep into this, but what in the world is the platform industry like? I mean, what, what do you mean when you say oh, platform? Um, yeah, and, and, and that's why I try not to draw because I, I also find it very difficult to uh, draw yeah. a reference. Um, but, but I can give you an example. Uh, um, Salesforce acquired this company called Heroku, right? Okay. Yeah, Heroku is definitely a platform as a service provider. Um, the the uh, the ability to uh, deploy at the same time being able to um, monitor uh, um, and redeploy, right? Uh, I mean, performing all this um, um, logistics activities uh, through their platform mm. uh, in a very user-friendly way um, as compared with, um, I think, there will be still a, a, there will be a little bit more work to do um, when it comes to Amazon because um, it's at a slightly lower layer. Hmm. But I'm yeah. I'm not saying um, I'm not saying um, um, the user friendliness is the definition, but it's also a very lazy way to conclude that it's more like a platform because it's um, the, the the suite that it provides, right? Right. Um, so so no, I I I don't have an official sure. um, di- differentiation, but people please. Please look it up, right? There's a difference between IAS and a PAS. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it's more accurate to say Snowflake is a PAS, but maybe someone would say I'm wrong. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah, because it, there are so many like interlocking functions with you know yeah. this entire space. Yeah, in, in fact, you're right, you also have like network as a service, right? I, I also think um, you know, uh whatever AAS as you are. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever as you are, right? I, I I also think you 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 can make up more S's if you want to. <laughs> understand, understand. I, I just have one uh question that I feel is related to to this uh slicing and dicing is um the big picture about programming on these platforms or programming on these services because today uh there's this school of thought that uh, you don't actually need to go down and code. There's this school of thought that actually says no code and low code. Yeah, yeah. The that that uh, can you repeat that again? The, the... Uh, yeah. So I think there's uh there are no code solutions. There are yes. also low code solutions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Because you know um I'm very tempted to to try out app sheets because um uh we are using uh Google, and you know when I hear from my developer friends, they, they talk about this thing, Python, React Native, and all that, that, that requires a lot of coding. And then you have this low-code, yeah. no-code kind of solution. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this? And it, does it help? And then I'm coming from an investor hat. Does it help with the deployment of mobile applications? Because today, they, 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 there's this word that says, if you don't have a platform, you don't have an app, you're not, a, you're not in business. You, know, you, 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 don't, you don't have a solution to talk to your clients, to, to reach out to your clients better. What are your thoughts on this low-code, no-code versus yeah. those heavy coding to help with the deployment of uh, all these services, actually? Yeah. Um, so um, just to be very, very honest, I have not built anything on top of this um, uh. s- solutions. Um, um, but, but I was in a discussion with a few people on a, on on this topic just a few days ago, right? Okay. Uh, we were talking about AppSmith. Yeah, talking about Retool, right? And uh, I think especially Retool uh, in the in their documentation section, they have a lot of use cases examples. I see. Right? How you can plug this, um, how you can build internal tooling that connect to multiple data sources, right? Mm. Without being a 
um, a wizard, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't have to be a programmer, right? Um, 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 there's a lot more clicking. So, so I haven't tried those things firsthand, but I look at the use cases and, and it makes sense to me, mm. right? Uh, it makes sense that uh, um, not everyone needs to go through for programming to create something that works to reduce the routines that you need to do. Yeah. Right? So um, I see more um, justification when it comes to improving internal tooling. Mm. Right? But now, can you take this internal tooling and put it into the market? Mm. Um, Is it more suitable to be a prototype solution? Right? Just for people to test things around to test the idea Mm-mm-mm. versus you can actually set a solution on top. And, Understand. And then the, you can grow a very pretty decent business of it. Um, I would say some people, maybe they will be able to build very decent business, but definitely can't create a Netflix out of it. I understand. No, I, I think uh, I, I like the answer that you gave about using it as a tooling solution yeah. to help, let's just say this guy sells uh, clothes on Shopee. Right. But then you want to retrieve how... information faster, you want to get yes, insights faster, yes, yeah, they can yes. pull things out faster. Yeah, yeah. Ma- managing of inventory, managing of customers and all that. And in the past, they probably put it onto an Excel spreadsheet. Correct. Yeah. And, then and, now... and now you can tell your clerk that, because now your clerk, uh, I mean, originally your clerk, uh, your clerk uh, yeah. would need to learn how to do Excel. But correct, correct. Now you can tell him to just go and click around. Yeah, yeah click around and build an API probably. Yeah. Okay. That was where I was coming from. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for that. MJ? So I think, you know, I'd love to, to know more about the software industry and perhaps we can do that in a part two. But I want to go into something a little bit more general now, which is your investment philosophy, let's call it. Yeah. And, you know, you, you gave us some notes before this and we read up. And the two very interesting words that I've actually never heard before, which is what you call the first and second law of supply chain dynamics. That's a mouthful. Uh, but the, 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 two, the two laws are probably even more mouthful for me, which is bull whip principle and clock speed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. I read that. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, highlight I that some more, you know what I mean? I had to ask you about this because I've never heard it before and I'm always excited about things that I've never heard before in invest- terms that I've never heard before in business and investing. So, yeah, please. What, yeah, what, what I, I, I think blue whip... Um, Maybe I won't talk too much about blue whip, but, but I can give an example, right? So the the blue whip effect in the in the um, in, in a supply chain is about um, the fluctuation, right? Uh, the the disruption that you can cause, right? Is actually a lot stronger and higher um, 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 to the upstream, and ah. the chip shortage is 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 one of the example mm-hmm. um, because the downstream players they would try to overorder they will react to the situation and it amplifies further. And right now it creates that's this whole um, chip short, shortage situation that we have. There's this thing called the beer game. I think if whoever um, 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 is interested, you can um, understand the concept of blue whip, uh, sorry, blue whip uh, effect uh, better um, by, by looking at the beer game. Um, you go to YouTube, search for beer game and blue whip. You, mm. You'll find something there. But the clock speed, the clock speed is a lot easier to explain, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> clock speed is a lot easier to explain. What other industry? Uh, sorry. Uh, what other um, um, sectors in the tech that I will avoid? Right. Um, you can see that um, when I mentioned some of the companies just now, I I try to stay with the infrastructure as a service or the type of a service company. 
and, and I try to avoid even those that I use, I'm familiar with, right? I put rather small allocation on them. Okay. Because um, the whole clock speed um, 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 idea is um, there are two things. Uh, number one is the closer to the downstream, the cycles, the, 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 the speed is faster. Mm. Ah. Right? So a, a company dies faster down there versus up there. Right? I mean, if you think about it, even in the, your, 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 your telcos haven't died yet. Mm. But, but a lot of businesses either acquire or under um, a TM or Singtel, right? They have been shut down already because it's so competitive. Mm. Right? Like, like Singtel used to have a, um, a video a streaming service. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They they decided to shut it down. I think yeah, uh, either this year April or last year April. I can't remember uh, when exactly, right? Um, but but that is closer to the users. Mm-hmm. Things that are closer to the users that have a faster uh cycle to finish. But at the same time, the industry itself will always go through this integrating and disintegrating, um, cycle, right? Um, um, today we are seeing a very um, molted um, um, situation, right? Like uh, Apple can keep a lot of their users uh, um, contained within uh, iPhone and be happy about it, right? But maybe five to 10 years from now, there will be a disintegration, mm. right? I mean, I mean, at some point, you know, um, way back, right? Uh, whether I can give a good example. Um, I, I think Sony was an example. Uh, I think they tried to, um, they were really dominating by the 90s. Right, but eventually the industry become a lot more disintegrated again, right? And um, as in when, when I say dominating, uh, it means they can create solutions that can lock you in, right? And if you use a um 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 um, sorry, I I I, I don't have a very refined example, uh, but what I'm trying to say is, um, the industry will constantly go through a cycle, that at one point, like right now, the big techs are the big guys, and they um they are really uh creating a lot of stickiness but at the same time the industry will also go through the disintegrating stage that maybe the big tech, uh, the big tech will get uh, broken up because uh, the competitors manage to come in the, 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 the new um, disruptors right will, will manage to steal market share from them and become bigger right um, maybe Nokia is a yeah probably not yeah but but that's the um, whole um, um, clock speed concept that I looked at uh, I think it was coined by this guy called, um, it's a professor from MIT, I think it's called Chow something. But yeah, that's the that's the whole uh, clock speed thing. So if I can summarize it, you're saying that you, in terms of investing, you're looking for companies with low clock speed. Yeah, and I have a preference for that, yeah. Of change, the rate of change is a lot lower than yeah. You know, closer to yeah, yeah, I feel safer. Yeah, but but at the same time, it's that, that that's not a rule, right? I mean, of course, of course. you can go with a telco and... <laughs> And then you yeah, make a lot of loss. But but am I fair to say that you know as a general point, of course, if you just compare company and companies, you know the story is very different because it's very contextual in that case. But you say as a principle, companies that have low clock speed in your estimation, higher to the upstream, have more survivability. So for example, yeah, and lesser players too, because right, the barrier is, is is higher too. So for example a Cloudflare will likely survive, has a higher chance of survival of than let's say a Netflix or a or an Apple. I, know, I, I, I think all of them are too big. Yeah, but <laughs> oh they are too big. Oh they are too big. Yeah. Uh 
I I I think um 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 there's a there's a higher chance that oh, you know what I I I really can't say that because I I did not work across um different layers of the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I'm 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 just a software builder, right? I'm not hard yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. networking guy. Yeah, but but I do think um from my opinion as a master. Yeah, I do think um that the the CDN players that we see today, right? Um, um sorry, uh, that's an alarm. Yeah, the CDN players that we see today from uh, Cloudflare to Fastly to Akamai, I think they will still be around. Mm. But if you ask me, um, um, the other players in let's say marketing software as a service, right? Mm. I mean, we know HubSpot, um, we know um, what are the others? Can think of those names right now. But but yeah, that form of solutions, right? Oh, oh, let's go back to project management tooling, right? Yeah. Is there a trailer with the Atlassian, right? And um, will there be more that will come in to disrupt compared with uh, them joining a game to be a Cloudflare, mm-hmm. right? I feel that um, that end, right, has a lot more disruptions. I see. Yeah. Okay. It's more imaginable to know how to build those as well. Yeah. I mean, based on the info that we have now, where we sit, like, the point right, like, like the number of e commerce store you see. Yeah, yeah, of course. Versus the number of payment providers that you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it also comes with, um, I mean, like, for example, you, you since you brought this up, you wouldn't see someone replicating an ad yen as compared to someone replicating a HubSpot. I think that's what you're trying to say, right? Yeah. You know, the ad yen, the payment service uh, security oh, no. program, ADYEN, uh, the, the Dutch company. Oh, I don't know them, but, but go on. Okay, so so no, I'm I'm just trying to draw a conclusion from what you said. Lower barriers to entry when you are closer to the client, yeah. and then higher barriers to entry, but more difficult to build closer to the yeah. source of value creation yeah. for the yeah, and, and it's also a simplification tool, like, Yeah, but, but yes, yes, but yes, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, the, the clock speed is higher when it's um closer to the user. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, to build a CRM system, it, it doesn't need it doesn't need as much technical capability as building a payment network like uh, Stripe, for example, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, Stripe is like the amount of things that you need to integrate and to code versus uh, to build. Yeah, the, the like bank that. you need to work with. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I think I think that's uh, maybe an example that uh, could you know simplify that uh, to the audience. Yeah. Okay, I I Jeff. One more last question, Denise, and it's not inside the notes, so it's going to be a complete, you know, uh, uh complete, uh, you know, a different kind of question from uh, Southfield. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Before that, John, do you have any last uh, question? No, no. You you go ahead first. Uh, you know, since you're in tech, right? I have to ask you, crypto. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. What are your general thoughts? Are you invested? If oh, yes, no. why? If if no, ah, okay. So yeah, very 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 quick answer. No. I'm, so so I'm, so see, that's not. interesting, right? Because you're in the tech space, and for me, <laughs> by definition, if someone has tech in their bio or they've ran a tech company for nah, any of that, they're in crypto, but you're not. So why is that the case? Uh, yeah, I I hope I can give a more um educated answer. Uh, but I was um. Sorry, I'm 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 actually checking some 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 notes right now to 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 give a slightly more informed um, <laughs> answer to you, right? Because uh, how you answer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what 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 I want to say is um um I see so 
as as you have learned just now, right? I, I have a um better appetite when it comes to infrastructure. Uh, I think that's just maybe the way I look at things, right? And similarly, um, I do think uh, whatever we are creating today, right? Um, the solutions that closer to the user, um, some of them will go away, but the technology being laid underneath, right? Like this entire um um the whole uh, uh DeFi uh infrastructure, right? I I saw some terms these days like Oracle, right? Like um. Uh, this friend sent me this uh, cross-chain interoperability protocol, CCIP. And, and I was looking at that YouTube video, which I have very, very limited knowledge about, right? When I look at the infrastructure, I would feel confident that this thing is going to stay to power the banking industry and the, and, and the financial industry one day, right? Mm. But names like whatever coins that we know today, right? Will they still be around 10 to 20 years? Probably not, right? So so, so that, that's the way I see it. Um, and I don't have an appetite for a fast changing world. <laughs> I mean, my 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 fast changing is uh, uh fast changing at a uh, uh uh fast changing. Sure, I like it, but I want the infrastructure part. Mm, right. So so even if I need to get into blockchain, I would put my money into a block ETF rather, right? But mm. I I don't have either too. So right, good point. Yeah, I forgot your point about ETF. So yeah, technically in a way. I'm very conservative. One toe, you have one toe into crypto in a, in some sense, right? Oh, I actually have. You know, I so um just to un- answer you uh truthfully and very very honestly, um, I I bought um some BTC when the world had very limited um exchange uh providers, right? Um, I think I held maybe zero point two seven way back. Uh, of a uh, uh, Bitcoin, I think that was twenty thirteen. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and I, and I sold them. I sold <laughs> them. <about. laughs> Luckily, you didn't buy a pizza or something using that lah. But it's fine. <laughs> Luckily, you sold. Them. Yeah, yeah. But we don't yeah. know that. Yeah, oh yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> yeah. So um, ever since right, uh, no, I, 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 I actually uh did not put my time into uh, um, the crypto asset world. Yeah, Understand. hopefully that that's a deep uh. That doesn't disappoint you. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. So any last questions from you, John? Yeah, I, I just one and uh, maybe it gives context. Uh, actually, Ian, she, MJ and I, we've never met physically <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for the audience. And ironically, we got to know each other during COVID and ironically, it was through Facebook that I reached out to Ian, she, and we started chatting. So this last question is actually with re- regards to the investing community. Lah and uh, uh, the knowledge of uh, the community. So just want to hear your thoughts on when people get online today to get investment advice, to get, um, you know, especially the millennial world, right? Today, everything is a Google world. Today, everything is a, like, you know, a YouTube TikTok world. Where? Yeah. <laughs> so you grew up in the dot-com area. Uh, you grew up, you know, like uh, the diverging uh, 1,000 pages uh, programming manuals to get there. Do you see it as somewhat of a detriment today that even though answers are at their fingertips, but then it's very surface knowledge? And do you think that that is actually detrimental to their investing knowledge? Or do you think it is a democratizer that people are willing to put in the work and to it, that people can invest better because of the resources of the, at their disposal? What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, when I look at... <laughs> so it's a very deep question. <laughs> when, when I look at myself, sometimes I would ask, right? 
um, my ability to consume information deeply these days compared with uh, when I was 16 years old um, um, has, has reduced, right? Um, um, is it because due to aging? I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but I also feel that uh, our ability to retain focus, right, um, has reduced so much. I see. Back then, when you look at a phone, I mean, not a phone, but the computer screen, right? There's no notification popping out here and there. Mm. There's no push notification. You can be very, very focused to consume a very boring manual mm. that is not fancy at all, that is totally PDF printable, right? Just like a book. Yeah. And now we have all this, uh, seriously, seriously, people can have a 30 seconds TikTok video and they try to package everything <laughs> as compact as possible to give a stock advice. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I think both sides have um, 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 merits, right? Um, but I also think uh, uh, um, we as humans, um, the consumption patterns has changed a lot. Understood. And 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 I don't think I actually like it that way. Mm. Yeah, I, I really admire back then uh, when I, um, I spent my final year in Sistermany because I studied at. Uh, the university didn't think okay. um, for, for my for my bachelor. Um, I mean, moving from Taylor's to to, so to that one. Yeah. yeah. So I I would be traveling with a train um, daily uh, through KTM, and I would be carrying uh, one to two programmatic uh, programming books, mm. right? And they are really really thick, and I would just retrieve them, right? I I didn't have other di- distractions, but these days, if you ask me to be in a MRT or whatever, right? And in, in between, I've switched so many apps. <laughs> From Facebook to Instagram to TikTok to... Uh, right? So I, 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 I think that form of consumption pattern, I actually don't enjoy seeing. But I'm, I'm also one of the victims. Hmm. Actually, yeah. I, I, I really like your answer because uh, I'm struggling with that too. And uh, yeah, I think... It's that, therefore detrimental. Uh, yeah. I, that what you said, I, I, I think as it comes with age, right, rather than passing too quick of a judgment, I think we try to take a step back and try to understand uh, the context and the dilemma because what, what my fear and why, why the question to you is this, because what worries me is I see people take half-baked information and taking it as truths and people become more biased even though the, the, that data or that uh, opinion online is actually there's a lot of layers of nuances and context to it. And, and that's why, you know, I, I thought about this because I just thought about how we met, you know, online because we shared a, a certain principle and a certain belief and that's why we, we ended up talking. And, yeah. <laughs> and it also makes me wonder, right? I mean, yeah. um, you know, how many investors today? I mean, maybe it's still the same uh, in, in terms of ratio, right? Uh, maybe way back and today it's still the same. Um, how, how many investors really go through the annual report? retrieve it, understand oh, it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and how, how many people have read uh, The Intelligent Investors and we want to spend time to go and read it, right? Maybe people would prefer um, um, watching a 30 seconds TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I really, really enjoyed uh, this uh, conversation. Um, you know, I, I bet we're only scratching the surface of Absolutely. understanding the Which means <laughs> YC, there is a part two and a part yeah. three. Right? Yeah, and, 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 I, and I feel I'm, I'm actually not um, 
qualified to answer, but hopefully whatever answers I've, give, uh, I, 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 I've uh, given today, they are good enough for some people to do their research, right? Well, and thanks for inviting me. Because you'll be on for part two and there'll be thousands <laughs> of people listening to you. Yeah. That is exactly why you will be qualified yeah. when the time comes, right? Yeah. So please, please, please yeah. don't make stock, uh, stock purchase or of selling decision because of whatever I said today. Yeah. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, yeah, you know, before we end, where can people find you, right? If you want to be found. If you want place. to be found, that's it. <laughs> LinkedIn, Facebook, <laughs> where or an email. You yeah, know, you can find me on. You can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Uh, um, I'm. I turn on Twitter sometimes, not too active, but my, my Twitter content is mostly software development related. Um, um, I think, uh, I, you know what I realized? Um, I haven't really been adding friends on Facebook anymore, right? I think <laughs> everything and Facebook just stopped there since we all moved to Instagram and the rest, yeah. 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 But, but I think if you want to ask me questions about investment, I think Facebook probably is the right place because these days I use Facebook mostly is to read news. And also to participate in those forums that we we are both uh, sorry uh, uh, over are in. So, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I think Facebook has become the internet forum. Yeah. Right. In but, way, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you remember, we had PHBBB and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Investable, yeah. investable, investable. Yeah, I can't remember all those <laughs> names. Right. And and Facebook has become that right today. Correct. Correct. Yeah. 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 So uh, this is the end of the podcast. I hope everyone listening. Uh, you know, got a an industry primer, right, into the software infrastructure platform, all of that good stuff. And you know, if you like content like that, remember to of course share it with your friends if you like. Uh, come watch some of our other videos. Uh, look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. Thank you for coming on the podcast. YC, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting. Have a good one. <laughs>